This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chill Swift TFC. One of the company, listed company in Singapore, they hash wrongly on the oil price and lose a lot of money. Oh my. <laughs> that kind of mistake can happen. Yeah. Right? That is yeah. more, more on the oil side. Like, yeah, you don't yeah, mention yeah, name, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, it's okay. We okay. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get it, it's okay. We're not going to say. <laughs> When you meet us in person, maybe you do a live yeah, event. Yeah, right, maybe right. we can tell you off screen. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of danger in, in, in the investment world. Like. You have to know all these things. If you don't know all these things, those are the risks. Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we are going to talk about the abysmal REIT market in Singapore. Yes, yes, yes. If you haven't been following, uh, I doubt so, likelihood you've been following. As interest rates in the short run have risen, you are seeing REITs being punished in the market, with some of them going as low as 50% or 80% down. It's, it's quite crazy but the question is is this a bargain or is this a value trap right it's always that question right is this a deal right what is the outlook and future looking like for the read market in singapore i know many of you are trying to figure that out so i'm very excited to be spending time with mr kenny low or better known internally as uncle kenny uh, the read expert in singapore to discuss what is going on how to look at the situation and how is it affecting the different type of reads category in the market today this is chill swift tfc Okay, Okay, this is an English show. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It's right? been a while. Yeah, yeah, this Kenny, you know, regular on our show previously. But is it a new set? Right, this is a new set. You haven't been on the show yeah, yet. Yeah, this is the new location because yes. the previous one with uh the financial coconut was on the Mandarin channel. Yeah. Right. The hey, wait, English, is English your first time on the English channel? No, 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 no. Uh, I think the third time in the English okay, channel. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Great. If, if you can remember the, the first two topics, how the investor can lose money, go and go and yes, 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 yes. Check, check it out, stuff. check it out. Yes, yes. But today is the is our first time one-to-one. Yes. Yes, it's our yes, first yes, one-to-one. Yes. Okay, great. Oh, one-to-one is a privilege, right? not easy. <laughs> Maybe not. We had we had one earlier, but no video. No video, uh, correct. That was yeah, long no ago. Video. That was long ago. But yes, for our listeners that somehow don't know you, can you just do a short introduction of who you are? Okay, I'm Kenny Law. I am a licensed financial advisor. Uh, my specialization is in uh, reinvestment in Singapore. So uh, when when you Google uh, Singapore read, probably you can see me on the Google search, right? Yeah, your that SEO thing. very optimized. You're up there. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, you know, and all the all the other boys are getting you on their show. You know, SGX, everybody, yeah, SGX, yeah, yeah. Money FM. Then now the Sias. They are getting me on a board and those things. Anyway, I, by the way, I don't pay for it. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, it's all earned media. He worked very hard for it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so it is what it is. But of course, I mean, that means people appreciate your views, right? On like what's happening in the market. And I think this year or maybe even last year, re-market hasn't been like 
that amazing lah, right? So it's been quite bad, you know, these two years. And uh, yeah, just I want to get the, I want I wanted to get you on the show to kind of go through what is happening, you know, how should investor do this thing, you know, how are they reacting, and some of the new trends of like the REITs, how, what are they doing, right? So maybe you can just kind of walk us through like what do you see in in is in the market today? Yeah, actually, for the past two years, uh, the Singapore REIT sector really uh is quite badly performed. Mm. Balik kampung, very bad. Very, very, very bad, very bad, very bad. And, and there are many, many investors, if they don't really uh, have a faith in the reinvesting, they are thinking of giving up. Because I have a client, I have a student, I also have an investor ask me whether they should liquidate or not because they cannot behind that kind of volatility, right? But but if you if you look at it, uh, we have to refocus back on why uh, we need to re, uh, invest in the REIT at the first place. REIT at the end of the day is a real estate investing. You just think of yourself that you are investing in a physical property property right when you invest in physical property what is the, the main objective you just want to get your property rented out collect rental and just wait for the rental to come in right whether the price go up by 10 percent, 20 percent, or drop by 50 percent, you don't really bother as long as you can get the your, your property tenanted so in REIT space, it's exactly the same thing. After we invest in REIT itself, we need to wait for the REIT manager to, to deliver the dividend. You have to wait, you have to have a passion, right? But when the market drops by 50% or, or 80% from the REIT itself, then people start to panic. Oh, there are REITs that just fell by 80%. 80%, 80%. Oh. But if you think of it, the property is still there. There's still the grass, a great A property. <laughs> In Still the that. CBD Still. area, in the okay. CBD area, okay. and uh. there are no supply, office supply surrounding. Uh, uh. But the share price uh, dropped by eighty percent. The price to book, okay, basically dropped to zero point two. Oh, which means that okay, in other words, a layman, uh, the property value worth one million, but at the present moment, the market price, the indicative market price based on because uh, a REIT is traded on a stock exchange, yes, it's only trading at. 0.2 between the 200,000 yeah. worth of value. Yeah, but yeah. if you look at it, it's still the same property. They are still tenanted in the CBD area. So does it really make sense to really trade it at 200,000? Right? So, so the whole uh, REIT sector itself basically is driven by interest rate. Interest rate is the major culprit. I would say that after this two-year analysis, they are the main contributor why the REIT sector is doing very badly. Because the interest rate actually affected a few fronts. Right, it's not as simple as that. Our interest goes up, then after that, the REIT uh, have to pay more interest costs, then the DPU drop. It's not as simple as that. So I would classify into the three uh, so-called uh, segment. The first one is the fundamental. Right, when interest rate goes up, immediately the interest cost will be increasing. That will have the impact on your bottom line, which is DPU payout. I'm getting more and more technical. Yeah. No, it's great. You're on the right show to do technical. <laughs> yes, yes. But DPU payout essentially is a dividend. Dividend. Right, yeah. Distribution right. per unit, right? But in a REIT setting, you know, they call it DPU. La, but, yeah, they but, call it DPU. Yeah, it's, it's just right. a different, yeah, it's That's essentially just, dividend. Just for education basis, when you see all the number, all this kind of different uh, uh, DPU, DPSS, dividend, you'll be very confusing and coupon will be very confusing. At the end of the day, it's a very simple thing. Whatever money you get back, is is a uh, some something like dividend? Yes, it's just yes, a dividend DPU yes. distribution per unit for for read, mm. right? So the the bottom line you'll be impacted when your dividend impacted automatically their share price you drop because there's always a ratio. The dividend yield is equals to DPU payout for the past four quarters divided by the current share price, 
right? So market is always looking forward. When the DPO start to drop, they also anticipate the DPO start to drop in future. Then the share price has to adjust downward. That is more on a fundamental side. But the, the other thing, uh, impact on the fundamental side, you'll be on the, the property valuation. If you look at the property valuation, the formula, the model, they're looking at all the future cash flow discounted to the present value and divided by the cap rate, right? So when interest rate goes up, uh, basically the risk in the market is going up. They are using the higher cap rate as a... As a denominator, yeah. denominator mm-hmm. right? When the interest rate goes up, automatically your portfolio value will come down. It's all in the formula. But if you go back to fundamental, same property, CBD, and also collect rental, it's only the valuation. When the valuation drop, automatically your share price will drop because there is always a ratio. But if you look longer term, uh, eventually the interest rate has to be normalized. Over the long term, you just look at the historical data, right? At the present moment, uh, we are in the unprecedented uh, moment. The interest rate just go up too fast, too furious within the two years. Less than two years, 0.25% to 5.5%. That's the US interest rate. So you just imagine if you are the physical property investor. You don't talk about it, lah. If you are a property investor now, it's very a lot of people's the mortgage a lot is, is, is crazy. Yes, right? yes. Maybe you are getting a fixed salary of maybe uh, $8,000. You're paying a mortgage loan, maybe a $4,000. That is based on 2%, right? And after the, the refinance rate coming in, they from 2% go up to 4%. You just imagine how tight is the cash flow. And within, within one year, you have to do all the adjustments. You may not be able to service the debt. When you're not able to service a mortgage loan, then you may need to force sell a property. When everybody do it together, basically the share price will come down. This exactly same as a REIT. Because within, uh, one, uh, within two years itself, it go up so fast. The REIT itself, they are holding multiple property around the world. You have different forex currency coming in. And you also have different debt profile. And the debt uh, for the REIT itself is not like our fit, our own uh, mortgage. Our own mortgage, once you commit, you commit one lump sum. And after that, you pay your interest and pay your principal over 15 years, 20 years. But for REIT, they don't pay down principal. Basically, they issue the debt maybe five years. Then these five years, you have to continue to pay all your uh, interest. It's a coupon. After five years matured, they have to refinance. Kick it down. They yeah. kick it down. Mm-hmm. They, they refinance. Yeah. You just imagine when the property value drop, your gearing ratio goes up. Yeah. Right? There is also a ratio when you do a refinance. Right? Because we have a gearing limit there. Can, can you do- expand a little bit gearing ratio? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gearing ratio, the formula is total debt divided by total property value. Your debt more or less the same because they don't pay down a principal. Right, your total uh, asset value you drop due to the valuation. So your gearing ratio you drop, right? Gearing ratio drop, and also when you borrow money from a creditor, borrow money from your, your bank itself, there are certain ratio you have to comply. Okay, so that will limit your ability to borrow more, or you have to reduce your debt. The problem is, REIT has to pay up ninety percent income back to the shareholder. They do not have cash. So when they are not able to refinance that higher debt, they have to look money look for money from somewhere. They have to issue additional share to collect the uh, uh, to, to raise a fund and from then a share. They dilute themselves. They dilute themselves, mm-hmm. right? So they are they are multi multiple fund front on that area. Okay. okay. I just want to add to that, right? I think uh what, what Kenny was saying is actually the gearing ratio is going up. Going up. Going up, right? going, going up, up, not going down, going up. So that's the first thing. But 
importantly, I think for a lot of you tuning in, if you're first time in the in understanding this read thing, right, there's actually a cap to how much gearing ratio you can go, right? It's within the structure of this read tool. Everybody has some consensus around this, right? Like, is it 40% or was it like 50%? Yeah. yeah. So you cannot go beyond that. So once you go beyond that, then you have to adjust, right? Yeah. Which is where, which is where either you sell more of the read, you dilute, you know, the overall asset value, you know, because of more read units out there. Yeah. So the per unit value come down, you know, or you have to take on more debt, right? Or which is important, which is very hard because at this point in time, it's, 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 it's just and, crazy. And, and because the interest rate is going up, you, after you mature, you have to refinance. The only way is refinance at the higher rate. Okay. That okay. will hit your DPU again. Okay. Right. Okay. Fair. So, so interest rate definitely will increase the interest cost. And at the same time, you uh, devalue your property, right? Depends on location. Right, uh, Singapore property, Singapore uh, sector not so much affected, but all the overseas REIT with overseas portfolio, they are all impacted because the risk level is higher. So, and also cap rate used in the overseas property is much higher. For example, for the Singapore commercial office, the cap rate is around 3.5%, around that range. But when you move to Australia, US, and also Europe, is between 4 to 6%. It's on the very high end. Can you, can you expand a little bit on like what is a cap rate? Cap rate basically is a capitalization rate. And in, in other words, it's a discount rate, something like that in the property value. Uh, it's, a, it's a valuation. They use it as a cap rate, but it's highly uh, correlated to the interest rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you do not know, just Google it. Just Google it. It's not very, it's not very complicated one, okay? But, yeah. but I think underneath it, your genesis is that all these things are happening and it's causing the market to go in a frenzy. But this whole thing actually is just a financial... It's a financial... It's a, yeah. Even though it's yeah. just a number. Yeah. Right? Now, as an investor, we have to look forward. All right? Now, it is what it is. The share price drop a lot. Your portfolio rate, rate color, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, our focus is dividend. Right? One year down the road, two years down the road, and, and by the way, based on the CME group, the 30 days uh, fan future and even a dot plot, uh, the interest rate is expected to come down, start to come down in Q3 2024, right? So, so it's coming down 2025, you'll be coming down, that, that is a outlook for, for next two years. When it starts to come down, immediately your cap rate will drop, right? And at the same time, uh, your property value will go up, your gearing will come down and the ratio will expand. Then you go back to normal again, <laughs> right? So if, if you have a long-term horizon, five years, 10 years, 20 years, all this kind of market volatility, basically you even up and then sell without doing anything. You don't need to panic sell uh, because some of the investors look at the share price drop by 50% or panic, panic, panic. But they all, always forget uh, why they are investing uh, in REIT at the first place and their investment horizon. If you have a 10 to 20 years, you don't really bother. And, and uh, we need uh, quite a long time to build up our REIT portfolio for our retirement as an income replacement that kind of asset. I spent more than 10 years to build up my REIT portfolio. I still have not met my target yet. So every, t- that every time there's a, a price weakness, it's a good time to continue to accumulate. Because you don't have money at one time to accumulate everything. You probably every year you have some money that accumulate at, at, at different stages. And, and just back to basic, use a common sense when it comes to reinvesting. It's exactly a real estate investing. You want to look for the real estate, which is selling at a huge discount and able to collect the rental consistently and able to rent out easily. Right? Just use this basic concept and you can see a lot of good durian among someone out there. <laughs> 
a lot of durian. But yeah, I think in the commercial uh, property space, right, not read, uh, commercial property space, uh, there is this game, right, where you put in an X amount to kind of refurbish this place and then you engineer a higher property U from it, like rental U from it, and then immediately it will reflect in the commercial value price that you yeah, can the sell out. Jump. Yeah, in the, in the market, right? It, it is a game that a lot of real estate investors are doing, right? Like not the small guys, uh, not a small but guy. like the mid-sized guys. The big guys just do their own thing, right? But the mid-sized guys are going around, you know, you see all this re like upgrading development, the shop house, you know, like this, that. Yeah, it's, it's all about engineering a higher you you know, with that commercial property and then and then recycling and selling that property out. So they buy cheaper, upgrade, sell. Yeah. Right. It's part of the game. So mm. yeah, yeah. That's In what this they space, do. they call it AEI. Basically, it's upgrading. Because once you upgrade the building to the green building, now we are talking about ESG again, right? That actually, there is a premium when, when there is a, the valuation. And at the present moment, when I ask around, nobody give me exactly what's the number. And what is the premium for the green building? But I, I get to known one a retired valuer. He just give me one number, not official number, by the way, <laughs> seven to eight percent. There's a premium. That means compared to those buildings who don't have a green green certification, those things. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So so the for us as a retail investor, we don't have that kind of capital to play this kind of game. But for REIT itself, at the present moment, they are focused a lot of activity on the AEI. Right, because when the business is so slow and when they do not have uh, any liquidity, because high interest rate, they cannot go for a very aggressive acquisition during this period. The only thing for them to grow the DPO, the top line, right, is through the AEI asset enhancement initiative. Uh, okay okay fair interesting uh, that's a fair point because I think like now is a bad time interest rates are too high it's very hard to hard to go and expand right it's yeah, essentially it's that, that, that's a, the, the two growth engine of a REIT is either increasing your rental U right that means yeah. which is the AEI part increase your rental U or get more REIT right so you, you you open the base or you optimize the property that you already own within the REIT structure right yeah. that's a, that's and a when they want to raise fund at the present moment because the share price is so low and no, no investor want to subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, they cannot get any funding during this period. Okay, so in the cannot okay. get get funding. Uh, where are they going to get the money from doing the AEI? That's why they some of the rate they introduce the DRP dividend reinvestment plan. I got plan now. Yeah, ah. dividend reinvestment plan. It, it's not new. Okay, oh. basically, you can choose whether you want to receive a dividend in cash or receive a oh, dividend in, in okay. uni, yeah. maybe 2 to 3% oh, discount. I, I know that, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah this, this is how they preserve a cash. And once you have cash, right, you can, you are able to use the cash to really pay down some of that, some portion of it, or you just do upgrading. Mm -hmm. Usually, uh, the more struggling read will, will do this, uh, right? The, the bigger read is also doing it. Bigger read oh. doing, doing this thing. Wow. Okay, okay, fair. I, I want to ask a little bit on the interest rate element, right? Because you, you say the interest rate, or you, you think like some of the bigger houses are saying the interest rates will come down, you know, but I'm also hearing another school of thought where interest rates will come down, but it's not going to be as down as what we are used to, right? So it's going to broadly stay higher than the last decade or so. Like, what, what is your take on that? Because it's so important in your thesis, right? This interest rate thing, right? So I want to kind of get your, your take on like, where will interest rate stand? Nobody can predict the future. Yeah, yeah so, of course, So of course. I, would, I would take those comments as a pinch of salt. Okay, right? okay. Because before that, when we are under very low interest rate environment, nobody can think of interest rate can hit 5.5%. Nobody think of it before. At the present moment, based on what we can see, right? This uh, uh, US Federal Reserve, they just want to interest rate at 2%. 
or, or, or around around that range, right? But you never know because there are so much uncertainty, geopolitical risk in the in the market at the present moment. And if you have another crisis come, you you won't be surprised they will they'll push up the the quantitative easing and also drop interest rate. Actually, actually, we do not know. So, so for me as a reinvestor, I just need to uh, pay attention. Interest will come down. It may not go back to the previous low. But on another hand, when it comes to reinvestment, why they want to keep an interest rate at such a high rate is because of inflation, right? Eventually, this kind of uh, cost pressure you pass on to the consumer. What does it mean? Which means that the rental you goes up. At the present moment, because of the rental reversion is not rising fast enough because we have a very long lease, right? But the interest rate is in, in this exponential increase. They are just increased too fast and your renter cannot cash up. That's why you have an immediate compression on the DPO. But over the long term, if you're given a time when the rental reversion, they are able to cash up, right? I think things will back to normal again. Right, but that will take time. Okay, okay, fair. I, I get what you're saying because a lot of them, they sign lease that are much longer relative to the movement of the interest rates, right? right. Which is what is right, happening. Right. Okay. And, and there's no right or wrong on the, whether you have a long uh, lease term or short lease term. It really depends on in what kind of uh, environment you're in. For example, yeah. in the recessionary environment, you want longer risk. In the inflationary environment, you want shorter lease as short as possible so that you immediately can cash out the, the, the rental because... I think you are also renting space, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see the industrial building in Singapore itself, it can go up by 15%. No? And also the residential, I heard, uh, can uh, be 50%. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's happening? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's true, it's true. And my landlord come to me and say, you know, like two, few years ago, times are bad. I will sign three years with you yeah. at this rate. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. they also want certainty. And also as tenants, if we are fine with the space, we can keep up with it. We will take it. Yeah. Right. And then we write through the uncertainty like at a discount. Ma, because yeah, they really discount. give us a discount. It's like, okay, this 20, 30% ah, is your float. Right. Then you see whether you can kind of work around with it. Right. And then when things are better, every other every other month you hear people, oh, well, my, my landlord sold the property. You know, my, my landlord uh, want to increase the price. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very... Very annoying, all of you, right? Disturbing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on, on the other hand, uh, actually, actually, all this kind of uh, tenancy agreement is quite sticky. Also, you just imagine in the retail space, all right, or in the industrial. If you if you are renting out a factory itself, they need to incur lot capex to the renovation, right? You you don't want every two or three years you go and move to another places, and after they do a renovation again, because renovation can be easily one hundred thousand and above. So so it can be very sticky once you get locked in. Yeah, unless you're in the mall. The mall's so annoying. So <laughs> the malls force you to shift around, right? Yeah. It's, it's part of it, right? Yeah. It's like three years you must move, change to another lot, right? And right. then, and then right. so that they refresh the mall, they force it on the shop owners, right? Yeah. And that's a practice in the market, right? That's why when, when you come to reinvesting, if you're really worried about what oh, share price plunged by a lot and you are holding those retail mall in Singapore, you're just going to visit all the retail mall in Singapore. And you have to start to ask yourself, do you think the retail mall can go bankrupt, go bust, and just leave it empty there? We are quite frustrated with not enough car park. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's speaking about experience because just now he struggled to find a car park, right? <laughs> yeah. And also, there are so many people and also all, all the things you buy from retail shop, uh, it, it's so expensive. All, all price increase. So, so actually retail more doing, doing pretty well in Singapore itself, right? So, so if the share price drop by 50%, <laughs> 
I, I don't understand why, why you have to panic and, and sell all the red. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, okay. So, so and I like it that you start to categorize it, right? Because retail malls is one type of read, you know, but in the, in the market, there are many other types. So maybe we can kind of go around. Yeah, yeah. What about like things like office reads, you office know? Office itself, uh, okay. We don't generalize the US office and Singapore office. They are totally two different, different free, two different directions, yeah, 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 yeah. right? But when they, when the market have a sell off, uh, there's no indiscriminate, <laughs> okay, right? Okay, yeah, because, yeah. because nobody go and analyze the detail and everybody panic. So US has its own set of issue, all right? Okay, a little bit politic. It's okay. You can <laughs> say I ha- I I cannot tahan. I will cut. Yeah. If you hear this, that means can tahan, right? Yes. Go. Singapore is more obedient, ah. Uh. Your boss asks you ask you to go back office. You go back office. Uh, all right. Quiet, uh, quiet. You go uh, back office. Uh, but US, they don't really go back to office. All right. Human right. Mm-hmm. So that's why the back to office trend in US is pretty poor. Then that caused the occupancy rate or the commercial office drop. When your occupancy drop, when you come, if you are the valuer, mm, mm, do you want to put your formula 100% occupancy? No. It looks stupid, not. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, will you put 70% but at the present moment it's only 50%, you also look stupid, right? So in order for the valuer to protect that, eh, <laughs> right? they are put very conservative number. When they put very conservative number and they put very high cap rate, playing in the worst case scenario, your portfolio value will drop a lot. Okay, that that is why the uh, valuation of a U, U.S. office plunge a lot, and the share market doesn't like it because they do not know whether the worst case has been priced in. Everybody shun away from U.S. commercial office, but in Singapore itself, you look at it, you'll be amazing. It's a totally different story. Uh, I have a chance to talk to OUE commercial read. Okay, and also Capri just announced. Oh, if they earning. want a sponsor, they can sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and and also Capri just announced the uh, have a business update uh, two or three days ago. Surprisingly, the occupancy rate in Singapore commercial office increasing, top line is increasing. Uh, okay, and renter the average renter rate in the Grade A CBD area is increasing. And it's quite consistent for a Singapore office. And that also can be explained. Occupancy rate is higher because now everybody quite quite go back to office, right? So that actually gives a very strong uh, preservation or protection in the uh, property valuation. When you have a property valuation very stable, okay, your share price can hold, hold pretty well. Mm, okay? okay. Now, but the DPO payout is affected. Of course, because interest uh, rates because are interest rate. Yeah, That one is never changed. Yeah, never yeah. changed. It's just a valuation change. So right. the unit price does not so affected. Right, right, right. right. You okay. got it. So I look at it, top line growing and the macro, the whole uh, commercial office rental growing, occupancy growing. This is the right trend. Okay, now it's an interest rate portion. And eventually this, if they continue to grow and interest rate fixer, eventually you have a, you have a gap again. Then the DP will come back again eventually. And if you continue to have a growth in rent and when interest rates start to drop, then your DP will grow. When the DP will grow, your share price will start to grow again. Okay? But it's not going to happen immediately. You just, we, we just need to wait for another two or three more quarters when you have a better visibility on what, is, what will be the interest rate movement. I think the share price will start to react. Okay? And also, uh, share price will start to react uh, six to nine months ahead before the actual uh, announcement. Because... Investor, especially big institution, fund manager, they always look forward. And they always have this kind of insight 
talking to the read manager itself on what is happening in the market before the earnings coming up. Yeah, we because should we can, should talk to the read managers, right? We should talk to the read manager. Right, right, yeah, right. right. I'm talking yeah, to yeah, them. They must frequently. come. They must come. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I get the commercial, the commercial side of the thing. Yeah. yeah, then if we move further down into like industrial okay. read, you know. Industrial, okay, I, I in general, in general, not all industrial read is good. It's very complex actually. It's, it's very like complex. a lot of different Japan or put industrial. Right. Yeah, you yeah. put it in industrial, but in under industrial, you have a business park, you yeah. have a logistic warehouse, very complex. Yeah. Okay. In general, industrial sector actually provide the most resilient and most uh, stable dividend, right? So if you want to build a very strong core portfolio, you make sure your dividend don't yo-yo, uh, you use industrial as a core portfolio, okay? But uh, stay with those industrial, which is very diversified, and uh, stay with those big cap. And also just pay attention to those industrial rate, uh, which has very small market cap, and they are overly concentrated in Singapore sector, surprisingly. Different ballgame. <laughs> Just now I talk about commercial office Singapore, right? Uh, uh, uh. Industrial pay attention to a Singapore property. The reason being is because of industrial building in Singapore, they have a shorter lease, right? When your lease getting shorter and shorter, your valuation will drop. When the valuation will drop, your share price will drop. So now this is a struggle for the REIT manager. How can they continue to keep the energy stable or increasing? That is a reason why some of the REIT manager out there they are selling the Singapore industrial building that go overseas. Yeah. You're right? seeing more and more of that. Right. That yeah. is a reason. Mm. That is a reason. Because overseas logistic, factory, industrial, some of them freehold. When you have freehold, you know that valuation, no matter how, you not drop. You increase over time. But Singapore continue to drop. So one is on the declining trend, one is holding well, increasing. That's why they have to go overseas. Mm, they got no choice. Okay, okay. But on the industrial side, right? Actually, over the past few years, there's been a lot of upgrading things going, right? It's not as exciting for like retail or like offices. It's expected to upgrade. Right, but like in the industrial read space, right, you, you hear a lot of read manager coming out and say, oh, we're going to rebuild this thing, yeah. we're going to upgrade, we're going to like change these wells into like tech park, you know, like a, a lot of this thing, you know, like like what is what is happening now at this okay. point in time, yeah. It's still back to a DPO yeah. and also the valuation. Mm -hmm. If you do nothing, your aging property value will drop. Mm -hmm. Your maintenance cost will increase. When all this increase, Okay, uh, your tenant will not want to pay for this kind of, this yeah, kind yeah. of renter. They are looked for somewhere. Yeah, yeah, next door got a new tech park, right? Let's go. <laughs> right, right. That's why in order to really keep the valuation and keep a tenant, they have to continue to keep their uh, building in a tip-top condition so that you can get a high renter, fetch higher renter, at the same time protect your valuation. They have to do that, no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but how has that come along? How are they performing with, yeah, with performing. that? Those, because that is the dream, right? They they keep selling the dream for a few years already, yeah, right? We'll, some, up, we'll upgrade our industrial properties, you know, but how how has that performed? Uh one or two of the smaller cap, they actually perform quite well. I can see that the based on past data, the NAV keep coming down, then at least they start to reversing. Right, that reverse is a good good sign, okay. But they have to continue to do it. But on the other hand, uh, if you want to continue to do it, you need money. Yeah, yeah, it's okay? expensive, right? And the present moment, they cannot do it for all the property. They have to do one thing at a time because they don't have money. Especially during this period, you also cannot raise funds. So there's a limitation. 
So, uh, so called portfolio rebalancing is continuous activity for the rate manager. Mm. Got no choice. Mm. Okay. They also have a limitation hand type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very interesting for the industrial front. What, what about what about a more specific like medical data center? You know, those very small read, very specific. Yeah, yeah. Two the valuation <laughs> always very high one there. Eh? <laughs> no, you don't want that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both of them very high ones. So. Actually, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Too extreme. Oh, okay. Too extreme. Okay. Come right. on, yeah. One of them uh, is a premium medical because they own the Glenagher's Hospital, Maui, Ataswana. Ataswana. Yeah, Ataswana yeah, also yeah. premium also high, yeah, la, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But the yield is around 4%, 3.7%, 4%. Yeah. Okay? But still holding pretty well. I don't know why. Can you educate us? <laughs> why? I was like, because you not very high. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not even like they, they sell the story of like medical growth. But the one, the yield, the, the read don't take the, don't have the upside. Right? Like it's not the business itself has that upside as more and more medical, blah blah blah. But the read may only right. It's, I think it's I a think, property. It's a property business. I think it's the business because they have the private hospital, a task brand, and they also have a Japan nursing home. Oh, oh. And at the same time, well, very specific. Actually, really. they are, so if you look at the, all the financial ratio, they're at the top. Yeah. All right. If you look at interest cost, less than one percent. I think if I can remember less than one percent, they are borrowing Japanese yen. The Japanese interest costs very low, right? So they are able to maintain the kind of spread. At the same time, uh, their cash flow is very strong, okay? And also their strategy is very clear. So actually, that rate is a benchmark for, for other healthcare rate in that sector. They use that one as a benchmark. And if you look at the use spread, it doesn't really make sense. Huh? US Treasury bill at the present moment is 4.8%. The rate only gives you 3 something percent then that one is risk-free, one is not risk-free. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really make sense. Yeah. So the only explanation is there are a lot of strong believers and strong supporters uh, and continue to partner money there, all right, and wait for recovery. Because when the market recover, this one will fly. Mm. And, but you need to wait for the interest rate to come down first, mm. right? Then, mm. then the money will flow back to this healthcare rate. By the way, this healthcare rate has already uh, retraced a lot but they're still pre- holding pretty well. Okay, okay, fair, fair. What, what about data oh, the center? Other extreme yeah, one. The other one, the other one. Yeah, the extreme, extreme one uh, destroyed by the old sponsor. So the investor uh, totally lost confidence, right? They have come up the growth 2.0 strategy. It's so clear, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I like the strategy. So growth 2.0 means just side already, is it? it means like, uh, no, not just side. Like, <laughs> okay, I, okay. I, I believe their strategy. Okay, okay. okay because... Okay. I, I follow this read for very, very long and also have a chance to talk to the CEO itself. Okay, I understand what they are 100% doing. Because previously, they have 100%, close to 100% hospital in Indonesia. Okay, and they collect rental in Indonesia rupiah and pay Singaporean investor in Sing dollar. Mm, mm, die. Die. Should I? Die. <laughs> right. Sing dollar strengthened okay, for the so, past few so years. So because of, of that issue, they are not able to it's not able to keep out a dividend. That's why you can see all the dividend keep, keep dropping now, right? Because of that issue, they have a massive equity fundraising, right? Then dilute the share price a lot, really a lot. And they also have a change of sponsor, okay? Since then, they come on a growth 2.0 strategy that diversify into developed market. Because Indonesia is still an emerging market, right? The risk level is much higher. Now they are venture into Japan. They want to increase the Japan nursing home, right? At the end of the day, maybe they're looking at Australia, 
they, they just said developed market. Lah. I would say that developed market, you'll be Japan, Australia, maybe Singapore, right? And they want to increase the ratio. They are using the, the first, just now the premium yeah, healthcare no. as a benchmark. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. And the price book valuation, I, I just let you know, if you believe in the story, like you, you can see the upside. If you don't believe the story, then forget about it. Yeah. Right? Uh, the price to book for the, the premium one is 1.6 which means that 60%, 60 above the value the of the property itself. Yeah. For the, the other extreme one, I think the price about around 0 0.5. I cannot remember a number. Uh, it's very low. It's mm, very, very low. Mm, mm. If they are able to execute this growth 2.0 and get the confidence back, you just look at the gap, the capital appreciation. So if you want to take a risk, you look at the return versus risk and you can see the opportunity because at the present moment, if you look at share price, uh, it's at the bottom and moving sideways for quite some time already. And the dividend yield is not bad also. Okay, okay, fair. Reverse to mean. What, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the base idea, right? If it doesn't reverse, then and lame, right? But, but what about, what? okay, maybe last one, what about the data centers? This year, actually, data center uh, is the best performer. There are two data center read. Okay, and it's cyclical. Last year, you heard a lot of negative news on the data center. Whether it's news manipulation or not news manipulation, up to you. Yeah, yeah, I can a, see a lot of news, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, does not make sense, okay? I think the news is being created so that you have a huge sell down to cause all the investors panic, sell. Never know house view, uh, never a big conspiracy. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, this yeah. year, actually, uh, the data center is the best performer. I can see that actually they start the uptrend. Okay, but recently due to the, the spike in the 10-year treasury bill, the risk-free rate has just started to drop again. Okay, but data center is still the best performer. My view, moving forward, the whole world is going through the digitalization, right? We, we also have a lot of technology disruption, AI, and 5G rollout. You can see that all these things need data, right? You need the data center to hold the data. You need the data center to hold processing. And I don't understand why people say that there's an end of data center. I don't understand <laughs> It does not really make no, sense. I think some of the tech guys are trying to build a different type of data centers. Yeah. You know, or, or different like new ways of managing and storing the data, right? right? So but my will is the big guy can do that. Because, because the tech sector, a lot of new guys coming up. Yeah. They also don't have cash to build it's, fair, it's, fair. it's very expensive. It right. is a very, very expensive, expensive business. Expensive. And we just need to model the EMS work, electronic manufacturing services. Mm. All right? last, Which is last time, last last time, time you were, yes. Uh, last time, Motorola, Hewlett Packard, every Seagate, they build their own factory. Right? Everything do by themselves. Then after that, they think that they're not cost competitive enough. They need to outsource it. That's why there's a growth of EMS, electronic manufacturing service, because they have an economic skill, they have all the equipment, right? They can really leverage whatever equipment to optimize the, the return on asset. So data center, you'll be, you'll be I, I personally, I feel that you'll be moving towards the same direction because at the end of the day, tech, tech company, most of the tech company, they are more data driven. They are more uh, IP, they are more software. That is the core skill. That's a big business. That's right. a zhuan qian. Uh, that's yes. zhuan qian. Yeah, yeah, brain, yeah. brain cell. Yes, yes. Data center is a hardware. Yes, right? yes. Then if you want to have another set of team doing something you are not specialized in, not your core business, it really does not make sense. It's very hard. It's very hard. No right. point, no point. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. why eventually, I think that data center, majority of them, they'll be outsourced. 
right? They'll be doing themselves, let the expert do the, do the own thing. Then, then all those uh, core business, they'll retain in-house. Because some of them you can outsource, some of them you can outsource. Okay, okay, fair. And for all you fun fact that you didn't know, Singapore is a very important note in this global data transfer process, right? We've got the Singapore Internet Exchange and the wires all connect here, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. and... Uh, Internet goes by wires, uh, if you didn't know, okay? So, for some reason, yeah, it's deep sea internet cable, okay? That's a different discussion. Yeah. yeah. Fair, I like it. Like, we went one round all this, right? So, maybe one of my last few questions would be like, you see more and more of this kind of like local Singapore read, right? They are listed in the local markets and they started out with like mostly a Singapore portfolio, but more and more of them are going out. And I think you paint a little bit of the picture already. Uh, here, Sengli, not so good. Uh, we got to go out, uh, right? We got to make some money elsewhere. But then when they start to go out, right? Even one of the earlier examples about Indonesia, right? They are all exposed to a lot of these kind of currency problems, right? Yeah. Like, so how will you kind of evaluate this thing? Yeah. When the REIT start to expand overseas, immediately they'll increase the risk in their portfolio. There are a few risks. One of them immediately is a currency risk, right? Uh, it depends on how they hatch it. For example, if they are buying the uh, property in US, they'll be buying in US dollar. If they borrow the money in the same dollar, that is also a risk. If they borrow money in US dollar, it's not a risk. And payout dividend is not a risk because it's all auto hatch, right? Then the risk will be on investor side. Okay, so... Okay, I summarize again. Uh. If the REIT have overseas for some US property, collect rental in US, the debt in US, dividend in US, traded in US, the risk is not at the REIT manager side. It's the investor side. Okay. Some of the REIT, they have uh, they pay in sing dollar, but collect rental in US, debt in sing dollar, then they have to manage it, right? Then it tests the skill of the, the, the CFO. If the CFO, one of the company, listed company in Singapore, they hash wrongly on the oil price and lose a lot of money. Oh my. <laughs> that kind of mistake can happen. Yeah. Right? That is yeah. more, more on the oil side. Like, yeah, you don't yeah, mention yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We get, get it. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get it, it's okay. We're not going to say. <laughs> When you meet us in person, maybe you do a live yeah, event. Yeah, right, maybe right. we can tell you off screen. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of danger in, in, in the investment world. Like. You have to know all these things. If you don't know all these things, those are the risks, right? So that would be a risk. Some are read, they have a multiple portfolio and, and one of logistic uh, read itself, I look at their, the debt profile. I look at the currency, I faint. We are Korean won. You have Japanese yen, you have Chinese RMB, you have Malaysia ringgit, you have USD, you have euro. What's it? Wow, they still can manage quite well. CMO.com, the CMO solid. Shout out to that's you. Why, that's why the skill of the management team and also experienced management team is very, very important. Now, whenever there's a new re-IPO, I don't even know them. I will look at their management profile first. Where are they from? Right, if the management come from nowhere, not the big guy and no experience, that you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so that is the bigger concern, right? When we're uh, looking now, at that, uh, forex street and how you manage that. Okay, and also, uh, when it comes to China itself, China because of capital control, whatever rental you collect in China, how the rate manager can bring it up, that is another big question mark. Okay, so so. I cannot say in public, uh, there are a lot of tools and skill set. How to maneuver this kind of thing. <laughs> tools and skills. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair, yeah, fair. I only know when I speak to some of the rate managers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So so China is, is an extra concern there. Yeah, just, okay. just have to pay attention that how they get money out because eventually our DPO payout is from the rental income. Okay, if there's a capital control, your rental income cannot come out. That is another, another issue. But normally when the REIT get listed, they know how to maneuver it. So that's why when one of the US commercial REIT uh, first listed, nobody know how to structure the whole deal itself for, for a tax purpose. Then after that, that is a case study. There's a model. Everybody just model. Everybody <laughs> just model. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair, fair. Interesting. Oh my god, I, I I think it's it's a lot of interesting insights. Any last things you want to add for for our audience? There, you know, especially a lot of people that either still on the fence looking at reads, and you know, some people are like opportunity hunters right now. It's like yeah, it cheap ah, can go right. So yeah. so some some people are like that, and then there's of course the other group that you were saying that it's like oh I lost a lot of money, I want to go right. So like, is there any last things you want to add and, for? And when come to reinvesting, actually the investor must be very clear what are they investing in. Mm. For me, I think I'm, all investing lah, oh, not just read lah. Yeah, right? all time you better be very clear. What, what yeah, what you must be about. very very clear. Yeah. What are you investing in, and what are the characteristic of the this investment, this asset class, and how they generate the income. That's very important, because read at the end of the day, they are relying on the physical real estate to generate income. Okay, so no matter how bad a business, the physical real estate is there. This is unlike the dividend stock. Dividend stock depends on the business model, depends on the economic mode to generate the cash flow from the operation. It's the operating cash flow. If the whole uh, so-called economic mode being destroyed or their competitive advantage being destroyed, you definitely have a lesser operating cash flow. When the operation cash flow getting lesser and lesser, you definitely hit a dividend and they can go bust zero. You cannot get back anything. But read eventually, as long as there's a building, as long as they are still human living, all right? If we don't being nuclear bomb, then the property then <laughs> different, disappear. Different, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Very different. They are still there. You just imagine for those uh, retail more thanks to the MRT, do you think they'll disappear one day? If the operator not able to really manage it, eventually someone will take over and buy over, right? You still can get better value. So it's very, very different. Once you really understand the business model, when you see the current valuation in the market, just for reference, uh, at the present moment, the price to book for the whole Singapore sector is 0.7 around the area. During the March 2020 COVID crash, the valuation is 0.8. At the present moment, it's even lower than during COVID crash. And when the whole thing being frozen, or we cannot go out, lockdown, worse than that, right? And, and the current issue is purely more on the interest rate. I would say that it's a noise, it's, it's cyclical. And before COVID, the price to book is 1.1. 1. 1. 1. 1. 0.8, March 2020, COVID crash. At the present moment, we are close to March 2020, is 0.7. So then investors you think whether it makes sense or not. And if you really follow your common sense when it comes to real estate investing, you should be able to see a lot of opportunity. But also need to take note that 
uh, only pick the fundamental good read because some of the weak read, uh, which balance sheet, uh, not so strong one, actually they are being destroyed already. Of course. That's why okay. you can see uh, there are few read in Singapore. Uh, so far, I, I know two read in Singapore never pay dividend. Ding, ding, ding. This is a okay, yeah, yeah. Got problem already. Very problematic. Two read can consider suspended. And money FM. Uh, okay, I, money, know, I know, I know. Yeah. So I mentioned this two read basically very likely to go out of business because their tenant is their sponsor. Ah, mm, uh, okay. 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 So the sponsor not able to pay you rent. It's something like your father don't give you pocket money. Can you go and sue your father for not giving you money? And they have a debt sitting down there to be refinanced. I don't know how they're going to get it out. Right? It's a sponsor. All right? If a sponsor can recover, they can recover. But sponsor is, is also in the property development. You know that property development in China is really bad now. So two read most likely to be kaput. My personal view. All right? Okay, based on the business model. So uh, read selection is very important. Uh, you don't choose the wrong one. Choose the wrong one basically. Okay, there's no turning back. Okay, no matter how cheap is there, you don't go and buy the rotten apple. Okay, thank you. Thank you. you. Lovely, love it. Okay, Uh, where can they find you if they want to follow you? Wow. Yeah. Google. Uh. Google. <laughs> just Kenny Reed. Confirm you find the only one guy, right? right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find me through the Money FM, LinkedIn. You can find me easily. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's true. Thank you. Thank you for Thank your you. time. Thank lovely, you. lovely. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye.